0: Oh, oh,
1: one more thing. Pollution is one more thing. Huh? Just one more thing. Si, solo una cosa mas. Un podcast sobre Colombo. Yo soy John
0: Morris.
2: And I'm R.J. White. This time around we're talking about A Matter of Honor. Originally broadcast February 1st, 1976. Directed by Ted Post. Written by Brad Ratnitz. Starring... Ricardo Maltaban, A. Martinez, Pedro, Armendia Jr., Jr., Emilio Fernandez, and of course, Peter Falk as Colombo.
1: And every episode of Just One More Thing, we're joined by a special guest. This time, it's our pleasure to bring around Laura Coleman. But before we do bring her on, mi amigo Arje Blanco, ¿qué está pasando? Uh, John,
2: when was the last time uh, you've been for a little visit or drive around uh, northern Mexico?
1: 2002.
2: 2002. Uh, You gotta be careful there, because if you get into some sort of fender bender, you might find yourself embroiled with the investigation of a murder, which is exactly what What? happens to Lieutenant Columbo when he's visiting our fine neighbor to the south with his lovely wife, who we never see in this episode. Because, you see, uh, Luis Montoya, played by Ricardo Maltaban, is a legendary, legendary uh, bullfighter there in Mexico. But when... There's a bit of shame, he but, he down, ah, no! but he can't face he down, but he can't face down a bull in the ring, and his assist- close, uh, trusted assistant's son is injured by the bull. He just can't do it. And the embarrassment, he can't live with it, so he's got to kill the assistant, rather than let the word get out. So this hero, this beloved symbol of all things Mexico, well... He kills the guy, stages it as <laughs> an accident with a bull, and Columbo, he just doesn't buy it. Columbo, even though he's on vacation, just can't get over his innate detective abilities, his innate detective sense, and just kind of goes around and solves a crime. Hey, folks, can you guess who forgot that he was supposed <laughs> to write the summary for this episode this time around? Can you guess it was your old internet fake radio pal, RJ? Well, that's true. So we uh, us just kind of uh, gloss I'm... over
1: this. I'm awful worried that having seen your fear, RJ, that you're going to try to kill me later.
2: (laughs) I know, that's right. That just may happen. I know. This is exactly the plot of the show. Exactly. That's it. You've seen me at my worst. Because (laughs) over the last 42 episodes, people have only seen the confidence me wearing the Torridor internet podcast uniform the entire time. And now I'm just here, 41 years old, naked to the world, full of fear. (laughs)
1: I, I didn't know what to do. So that's I you were it. to say naked to the waist. It was like, what's going on over oh, there?
2: You know what? Naked to the world for me is actually better than naked to the waist. Ask my wife. So, yes. There we go. Let's yeah. just move on, shall we? Hey, yeah. hey, Laura, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Buenos Nutches. Hi, oh, hey, there we go. Thank you for the spirit. I have to ask you, you <coughs> Uh, why were you so interested in this episode in particular? I'm going to ask first.
3: Um. Well, I didn't actually want to do this episode. Oh, God. Thank you. <laughs> John was kind of I, – I, when I emailed John, he kind of, you know, was like, oh, you don't like Ricardo Montalban? Why so? And I was like, that's not what I meant, but it's okay. Oh, and okay. so we kind of just ran with it. It was – like it's not that I don't like Ricardo Montalban. It was just kind of like – this episode was not very strong. Oh, at all. Dear. oh. okay. Then this should be interesting. And, okay. Yeah. And a, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, just, just like just like Columbo in the early moments of this episode, I think this whole podcast is going to be a car wreck.
0: Yo, stop. Oh, no. stop! <laughs> well, uh, hey, wait, well, wait, wait, hey,
2: hey,
3: like <laughs> wait, so kind of bring it up. I was just,
2: just going to bring guy's... up Blair. No, I don't think it'll be like that at all. Well, uh, okay, so before we get into the thing, let me ask you uh, a bit of your background with Columbo. Uh, how did you first get into it? And, and yeah, just that. Like, how did you first uh, come to Columbo, as we uh, like to say on the program?
3: Well, I'm 22, and so all my Columbo experience was, like, reruns in the 90s uh, on, like, A&E or whatever, and I just oh, kind of yeah, watched yeah. it with my dad. And, um... Really, what I remember about Col- Columbo was just, you know, oh, you get to see the murder in the beginning, and then you get to watch Peter Falk just trying to figure it out or, mm-hmm. you know, bring the guy to justice, essentially. Right. And, you know, I remember Peter Falk from – he was in The Princess Bride, I believe that's the one. Yes, yes. And uh, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's that cool old guy. It's Grandpa, you know, no big deal. And, um, yeah, I just I, – I love Columbo really from a writing standpoint like, as a character, and so it was just... I just I just enjoy it, and I think that's kind of why I picked this episode, because along with the, like, list of episodes I wanted to do, it really showed Columbo as this character who really cares about people. You don't really get to see him interacting with, like, the villain too much in this one, but, you know, he really cares about people, he really wants to bring, you know, everything to justice. Excellent point, yes. yes. I just... I, I really... After re-watching it for the podcast, I remember why I really liked the episode in, in the first place. Okay, so it's but, actually
2: you, you actually came to actually kind of like, oh, this actually isn't a terrible one. This is actually yeah, not too it, bad. okay it was
3: it was really what I couldn't remember why I had chosen it and then I watched it and I was like, oh crap it's this one and then i was and then halfway through the episode i kind of i was like oh yeah this is the one where you know Columbo's doing the thing and he's hanging out and you know just trying to be a good guy and help out
2: right and this one actually i think john and i had talked about this uh yesterday a couple days ago um about how this is such a good i mean it, it's a We both feel it's a good Columbo episode, but it's a good Columbo Columbo episode because Peter Falk's portrayal of Columbo in it is so good. You really see him, and I don't know exactly what it is or why, but him just being a detective, figuring things out, Peter Falk did it so hard in this episode that just really kind of wins you over a little bit. Uh, John, what, what what do you have to say on that?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting that they take him out of the framework of having to do the police work, and we find that Colombo still has Does a tireless yeah. yeah he has a tireless yes. intellect and a drive to help people or to speak for the dead.
3: Yes, oh, I know that's that's oh, a great way to put it. Yes, yes. Yeah, I really have kind of a theory about this episode, and it's kind of I'm glad that you brought it up, but I think this episode isn't really canon to like. The Columbo-verse itself? Cause it's, it's, it's kind, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's this weird outside thing. And it, it's, physically it yeah. is, of
2: course, because well, geographically well, it is. Well, obviously, yeah. But, I mean, he's completely off the clock. He's not working for the LAPD at all. He's just still working so hard to solve a crime in a different nation, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But he's still just doing it because he feels like he has to. He sees that there's a murder. He's suspicious immediately, well, I mean, which we'll get into. But, yeah, no, that, that's a really good point.
3: Well, he doesn't really have to, and a, a little bit he's kind of tricked into doing it. And but in a good nature, I mean, in a, in a good nature way. Right. I really, yeah. That that goes into my fan theory, which you know we can talk about way later in the episode. Oh uh, no, it's, we're all about it's...
2: fan. Th- we we got crackpot <laughs> fan theories all over yeah. this thing. So yeah, we got we got those out the ear. So yeah.
3: Well, it it was really um, John's theory, and it was kind of you know the idea that Columbo isn't you know. Like human he 's kind of like the celestial being who huh. you know goes in and fixes this thing, so I figured that Commandant Sanchez is also one of those beings because commandant oh. Sanchez he says that he knows Colombo and you know what he did, but nobody else in the world does That's and so that, I
0: think that, that, yeah sorry go ahead. and
1: so well, I'm actually wondering about that because uh, Commandant Sanchez does say that all of Mexico considers you a hero, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that would maybe explain, or that would help explain uh, in the context of the story why there was always a crowd of people looking at Columbo. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that might have been written that way because the crowds would not stop looking at the camera. Oh, sure. It's, right, it's right. very charming. Everywhere which, you go, there all the people yeah, in the background. Is... Which yeah. to me,
2: there was so much of this, just because of the um, uh, Mexican, Central American setting of it, Mm-hmm. reminded me so much of the in-laws and that's a thing too Where like there are so many scenes like the new york segments of the in-laws too where you can obviously mm-hmm. see the crowds around the camera like where they're actually shooting so it mm-hmm. just yeah actually that kind of reminds me of that mm-hmm. too where it's sorry but yeah that, that's the weird thing yeah. because i kept thinking of the in-laws so much in this with the bullfighting ring yes uh, downtown settings <laughs> with the car and everything i just because i just i just recently came out um on the Criterion Collection, and I've been watching, I've watched it like a couple of times, and it's, yeah, it, it definitely reminded me. That's another thing that just pops into my head from it.
3: Well, what I found very strange is that, like, <clears throat> Colombo when he gets there, he can't speak Spanish. And, like, I understand, you know, not everybody speaks Spanish, but he's Italian, and I assume that, you know, like, as a person who speaks, you know, both Spanish and French... Learning one or the other was very easy because I knew one language beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, but as, like, viewers of the episode, the Spanish that they speak, just context clues-wise, was so easy to understand.
2: Well, yeah, because, I mean, you're you're doing it for a very, um... I mean, it's, people, watch, yeah, it's people watching right. NBC on, like, a Thursday or Sunday night. So, yeah, you're yeah. going to get that. But,
1: so, like, really, the... He does oh. slip into Italian, actually.
2: Which, yeah, which yeah, I thought which was, was great. Strange. Which I thought was yeah. great, though, because he thought – because Columbo probably thinks, oh, it's close enough, I'm going to use right. that, because yeah. it's – which I loved I, that they did that, because I, I, throughout the series, Columbo is very – he very much embraces his Italian heritage, does mm-hmm. that many times, especially in the 70s episodes. And, so and also, like,
3: bullfighting also exists, like, in, like, Italy, too, so I figured, mm. you know, he oh. – yeah, right. there are very different forms of bullfighting that are um, used in, like, France and Italy. So I figured he wants – I think the initial scene with that, he was probably, you know, just in a panic because, you know, somebody did hit his car. So right. I think after, after he kind of, like, calmed down, maybe that's when he kind of just, like, okay, well, I'm not in a stressful moment anymore. I can at least try. Well, I mean,
2: especially – and I love that yeah. initial scene where you're introduced to him. Um, <laughs> which is great the, the, the car wreck well not really car wreck no um, where oh. he bender bender and someone's like running the scam on him like the classic like a whiplash scam and he just, instead of being mad about it, he seems kind of more bemused about it than anything else, which seems just perfect for the character. And the way it's shot too, where there's a lot of confusion, the mm-hmm. crowds and everything, and he's like, Why well, I was going ten miles an hour," and then like the next line, "I was going, it was five, it was five miles right. an hour." Come on! And he's just Those smiling people... about it, cause he knows, like, "Oh, I'm, I've got a scam being pulled on me. This is ridiculous. No matter what country Those... you're in, someone's going to be
3: pulling
0: yeah.
2: that
3: on you." And it's, it, it
0: was Those
2: very people... funny and nice.
3: They were like agents of the universe, and they were just trying huh. to get him there. That's the only reason, like that scene existed in my head.
2: That's right, and John, yeah, it's your 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 theory yes, about like it, it's a telenovela, uh, telenova, uh with, about <laughs> yes. some, about some murder. My other theory. And he, got, he okay. got pulled in. He got pulled into a Telenueva momentarily.
3: Oh yeah, no, It's, it's t- a telenovela.
2: Telenovela. I yeah. don't know. I did very <laughs> I did very poorly in high school Spanish, so telenovela, sorry. No, um, but yeah, you're it's right. Okay. It's John's theory where he got pulled into telenovela as an antibody to to prevent Ricardo Montalvo's character from uh, committing that murder.
0: I think John I mean and is. I are
3: exactly on the same page with this because it's like really it's 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 not even Colombo's show. It's not even Commandant Sanchez's show. Oh, like it's... this show is like They just both jumped in the show at the same time. It was just a complete accident. This will be taught in
2: universities by the year uh, 2028. I'm pretty sure. This theory. It has
1: to be. If we're going to bust out the metaphor, I think the way it's going to work is that Sanchez is the natural antibody and Colombo is a vaccine.
2: There we go! Dang.
1: Or a booster, oh, which yeah. I'm, a
2: booster. I'm saying because yeah. I literally like just good.
1: got a tetanus booster. Oh, so. ah,
3: okay, Abs- good, absolutely.
2: Because you know,
3: nails. Yes. you would be watching this completely in Spanish, and you would have you know, Comandante Sanchez come in and you know do whatever he needs to do, and of course, uh, Montoya is the the rich guy essentially, who's like, oh, right. I'll have your badge for that, of course. But you know, Colombo is here, kind of like. On accident, I don't. Yeah. I really don't know why he's here in this particular instance because you already have the other antibody, right?
2: Well, because I'm mean, oh, sorry,
1: please, because it's his show. This is reason, yes. <laughs> one of the things an excellent
2: reason. Yes, one of the things I was actually wondering was it's cheap whether to N- shoot down there for an episode to get an exotic location. Actually, yes, yeah, that's <laughs>
1: actually the point. I was yeah. wondering if NBC was floating the possibility of doing filming a cop show or some other kind of show in Mexico. Oh, maybe. Uh,
0: that would that make a sense. lot of, yeah. Lots of yeah. sense.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the reason I ask is 76, uh, the 1970s were a time when Hispanic and Latin American culture was mm-hmm. really making a presence known
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the United States. Uh, we're a couple years off of Chico and the Man, which is the groundbreaking show, but there's lots right. of Puerto Rican characters and Guatemalan characters, not a lot of Mexican characters because it's hard for Americans to get over that particular bias, but
0: right.
1: a lot but of them are showing God. up on television and uh, I th- it is really cheap to film in Mexico, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if maybe they're thinking, hey, can we do a little block of, of uh, Latino-friendly shows if not mm-hmm. actual Spanish language programming.
2: And, and actually, speaking of the Spanish language issue, it's weird how it kind of comes and goes in this one.
1: Yeah, there's uh, yeah. Montoya and his daughter always I mean, speaking English. I know? mean,
2: I guess it kind of has to, to be, be doing the show for an American audience, but then you maybe could kind of justify it in that she lives up in Arizona, and so she's mostly well, speaking yeah. English, and he does. I don't know. But it, do, it is weird how it just kind of fades back and forth, which, I mean, of I course, th- practicality-wise, sure, yeah. but still it's, it's odd.
1: The distinction they seem to make is whether it's uh, whether the meaning is indicated by the performance.
0: Ah, okay. Yes, you, that's, yeah. that's true. Yeah, When uh, you're doing
1: you, a... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, John. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just saying, whenever it's an exposition, they switch to English. But if you can figure it out from the actions, you know, when Nina comes roaring towards the bull ring, when Coro has gone in to face the bull that that gored him earlier, right. and she's yelling, you fool, and you can make that out. What is... Juevón! Uh, juevón! You can okay. figure calling him an idiot,
2: right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: And right. when uh, Montoya comes after him and says, "Cantidas, uh, what are you doing, boy?" You can figure all that out. Yeah. But when they're having a long conversation about, "No, Hector is," uh, I don't understand. I'm
0: sorry, John. What, uh, you gotta kinda, say
1: that real loud.
2: Yeah. I, uh, what was the last thing? Because it kind of got a bit I, weird and
1: did I ditch again? I was just no, saying that yeah. uh, you know when Montoya is like defending. When he's when he's doing that classic thing where he's coming up with an explanation to throw Columbo off the track, that has to be in English because we right. need to be able to hear them.
3: Well, I also there were certain instances where I felt like they didn't really have to explain. Like when there's, you know, he was saying, you know, vaquero. Obviously, that's you know a bullfighter, but maybe it's not obvious to you know the whole population. But I feel <laughs> that's like a,
1: that's a cowboy,
3: actually. Yeah, it's like, but it's there are <laughs> things that yeah, that's where you get the word buckaroo in English. Right. So. I, I felt like though some of it didn't seem absolutely necessary, but I, I think it's also kind of, you know, we living in the future, uh, we kind of would already guess that. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of the episode was spent really describing um, bullfighting in Mexico, which Mm -hmm. was interesting because neither the writer nor the director are Mexican. Mexican
2: at all. Right, so it's good that they did that. And and, and, and what's really interesting to me is that it's always been a big thing with Columbo where if he doesn't know about something, he researches it, he reads Mm -hmm. it, he figures out what the heck it's all about so he knows about it deeply. And you actually see that in this episode, literally, when he's reading a book about it, and just like sitting there in the the police station, just reading this book about bullfighting, so he can know it, so he can know the ins and outs of it, so he can know what's kosher, what's not. Which mm-hmm. I thought was great that they tied that in there. Yeah, yeah. Which is what has helps him solve the case in the end too, with the uh, the Montoya. I mean, uh, Sanchez is. Sons, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. I
3: thought that was a charming scene too. Yes,
1: that was uh, great. The, the, I, uh, you know, I'm from Tucson. Spent 20 years uh, of my I, life. I'm there. from
3: Texas, so
2: yeah. Hey,
1: <laughs> you yeah. uh, how, how I'm close from to Michigan. Everybody, yeah. Sorry,
2: couldn't Penny, <laughs> you're a gringo, yeah. It's okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if they ever, if we ever get a, an episode that takes place with like Lutherans, we'll call you in, aren't <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah, go on, go on, you yeah. South, <laughs> South, yeah. Murder, of, uh, Murder at the Potluck. Um, but, uh, you know, I live up here in the Pacific Northwest now and I, I do find myself really missing the terrain there and missing like the, the architecture and seeing that beautiful estate and even seeing oh, it the was really
3: so beautiful. Oh, was that, that, that
2: was nice. That was so nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or the little patio, uh, outside the restaurant or even the cute little house that Sanchez had. Yes. And it's, it's just nice to see that stuff again. Sweet.
2: Well, I thought it was odd, because, like, Sanchez's house seemed like a very sort of mid-century modern kind of thing, too, which I thought was... Well, it, it, it was. Completely unlike anything, any of the other architecture you'd seen in the episode at all. Like, well, when I, I saw that, like, oh, that's, like, some sort of very interesting, like, a 60s, 70s sort of... Yeah, I thought that was interesting that they made that, that choice for a location.
3: That was very interesting, because um, two reasons, like, because... My family used to live in San Antonio, so those are kind of the houses you see kind of in that area. Tasteful San Antonio, yes. Yeah, but they, based on just that house, it would be more of like if Sanchez were more, I wouldn't say upper class, like obviously he's not really, really rich, like Montoya, but he's probably, you know, kind of, you know, middle class, you know, Mexico or whatever, and he has a status, obviously. Yeah, not not corrupt cop, but honest cop. Yeah, but, you know, honest cop. Yeah.
1: Well, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about is, especially considering that this episode was filmed in 1976, the depictions of Mexico and the Mexican cops is fantastic. Because think about how many times you see a show take place in Mexico and Mm -hmm. all you see are like beat up adobe buildings, a couple of bodegas, a dirt road, like a chicken walking across it. Mm Right. No, it's – and I think it's in Mexico City. I'm not 100 percent sure.
2: It's a city. It just looks different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, it. But yeah, it's a city. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, the that's thing that it.
2: that's where people American, live and work and that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. American TV and American film has a real habit of you go to Mexico, it's dirt roads and chickens. You go to the Middle East, it's yurts. Right. And yeah. more dirt roads. But there's, you know, there's it every every nation on earth has a city.
3: Right.
1: And it's nice to see that. And it's nice to see a Mexican cop portrayed as competent, forthright, honest. Uh, active, even if he's really and he's and frankly clever because he's really wrangled Columbo in
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, to do the work. There's that scene in the patio, which is one of the best.
3: Oh the yes, episode. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: And Columbo has that beautiful line about, "No, the bull was the weapon, sir." And he talks yes. about how the bull was cafe, like yeah, a yeah. gun. Yeah, and uh, and that's a great scene because that's exactly how Sanchez is using Columbo.
0: Columbo oh, yes. is Sanchez's yeah. weapon. Oh.
1: Right, right,
2: yes, yes. It was
1: a very telling scene.
2: Well, I mean, that, 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 whole, that whole sequence of lines, too, where, well, let's talk about how, um, to set it up, Sanchez actually uh, ropes Columbo in, because we, we covered a little bit. We didn't speak about specifically why, because mm-hmm. it's one of the rare uh, instances of continuity in this series, where the reason right. Sanchez wants to keep him there is because uh, they've read all over the nation about a specific case, a specific episode we've seen, which we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the one with uh, Robert Vaughn and Dean Stockwell, the cruise ship, which the title is escaping me. Uh, Troubled yeah. Waters. Yeah, Troubled Waters, right. Very nice, thank you. And that's why he wants to come there, because he wants to talk to him about that case. And it's interesting with that, too, because he gets a lot more respect and regard from this guy, this cop from the country, than you ever see Columbo get from uh, folks in the LAPD in any other episode of Columbo, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But this guy has read about it. He sees, like, oh, this guy's smart. He's like, i want to find out more about this case. And so, as it goes on, he takes Columbo with him to uh, the ranch, uh, Montoya's ranch, and Columbo right away pegs that there's something fishy about this supposed accidental murder by bull. And so when Montoya and Colombo are sitting in this cafe on a busy street, um, Sanchez Sanchez wants to talk about the the cruise ship case. And Colombo just kind of has this lovely pause and says, I'd like to talk about the death of Hector (laughs) Rengal. And that's when you first see him bring up the fact that, no, this is a murder. You need to go in and investigate this. And it's just, it's its I, probably my favorite scene in the episode. Just that brief exchange between them about that, where um, I think uh, Sancho says, like, oh, it's just, you know, that this accident maybe. And Colombo just flat out says, well, maybe it was homicide. And just kind of gets this grin on his face. Because he I knows. Have a question for you guys. Which is lovely. Yes. Yes, ma'am.
3: Um do you think that Sanchez knew it was going he was going to find out it was a homicide? I don't know. No, I That's don't, a good question. No, I don't I think saying, he did, but I think I think
2: Columbo cause... has to bring him to that. As Columbo starts presenting out the oddnesses, <laughs> like the the gaps that are in there, the things that don't make sense, he comes around to it pretty quickly, but I don't think from the beginning he knows that it is cuz why would as he says, uh why would he think that about this national hero and everything? Right. But once Colombo starts laying out the stuff that just doesn't quite add up,
3: then he kind of realized, like, oh yeah, this might well, not I, be good. I think it's also because Sanchez has such a respect for Colombo as a, as another cop, right? Yeah, that that's, he's I very receptive.
2: Yeah, I like that too because other we saw that in the uh, the the, uh, the British one, um, uh, where uh, he didn't dag, dagger
1: of dagger the, of mind. the mind, yeah,
2: dagger of yeah. the mind. Where the British cop's like, what? Oh, you know what you're talking about. Fine. Whatever. Doesn't believe him. Whereas this guy, he realized like, oh, he has a point and he knows what he's talking about. Which I found so refreshing because a lot of other shows like this, somebody would bring something like that. Like, oh, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. It's not a murder. Whereas him, he's willing to go with it. Like he realizes, okay, this is a smart guy who does this a lot. He has a point.
3: I'm willing to hear it out. And he's probably right. Yeah, and on, on other cop shows also, usually when a cop who's not on the force or, like, a part of the, the clique or whatever, or the squad, mm-hmm. uh, would usually be offended that somebody is, like, overstepping those boundaries. Right, where yes, exactly. Sanchez welcomes yes. that.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, he welcomes the help. He mm-hmm. welcomes this guy assisting him in it, especially yeah. because, as he says— it wouldn't be risking his pension to have this other guy kind of poking around <laughs> about it, which is yes. also fun. Yeah, I was
1: yeah. I was actually wondering if that were completely serious because Sanchez seemed to have a kind of a wicked sense of humor. I right? They yes. Were flirting.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was he flirting? They were flirting. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah, no, no, no. I, I do. Yeah, a I little ship bit. It. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Sanchez, nice.
1: Sanchez is Sanchez's <laughs> wife. Is quite a looker. I don't think he's. I don't think he's wandering. Oh
3: no! I, I. That just goes back to my fan theory that like they somehow knew each other, like in like a <laughs> metaphysical form, or something I don't know.
0: But <laughs> sure, it also, like
3: sometimes when like colombo interacts with like other people and just the people he's drawn to, that's I kind of put them all in like I call it my Mrs. colombo headcanon box. Oh no! Like, why do you, like, oh. you have one of those? Oh dear. It's, it's just like. <laughs> because the episode i really wanted to talk about <laughs> there is a, a woman she she's she's brash and she's kind of like up up and she's really wanting to do things and like travel and all this other stuff and that's kind of how you know colombo described you know his wife and so i imagine you know what he likes in other people and like why he sympathizes with the villain sometimes is cuz you know things that he's used to like his wife Oh, that's a
1: good I idea. Feel, I that, feel so, so really embarrassed. Huh. I, I feel super embarrassed because I don't remember, like, pushing you into this episode.
0: But apparently <laughs> I
3: did. No, it... it yeah, not really. It, it was a little pushy, but not, like, pushy-pushy. Uh-huh. Let <laughs> it go. No, it was... It
1: was
3: <laughs> I guess I had made a comment about... Oh, I oh I remember what the comment was. I had talked about this um, episode in class. Yeah. And it was I use it as an example because I I was a political science major and I said that Colombo, you know, getting into these other international affairs, like if that had gone poorly, he could have started like a conflict. Because the 1970s, like uh, international relations wise, but, you know, the United States and especially a lot of Central American countries was a nightmare. Right. But by the
2: 80s uh, with MacGyver, it was no problem. (laughs)
3: <laughs> oh god so it didn't wouldn't have mattered which oh funny story the <laughs> the writer actually did an episode of macgyver
2: oh i remember seeing that imdb yes yeah 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 yeah
1: Yeah, the writer it, did an episode of everything
2: right the writer and, and the director not, of this were definitely two very big journeymen sort of like just cranking stuff out for like decades yeah, kind of things which, which was, which was Colum- it was the we, columbus Columbo saw a lot of those guys which i like yeah.
1: you know you know it's so here's the other reason i'm really embarrassed Is like literally once the second we had you booked Mm-hmm. I was contacted by an old friend of mine, Tom Przelski, down in Tucson, who besides being a politician and an activist is a state historian.
0: Oh, wow. Who,
1: who knows a tremendous amount about De La Huerta's role in the Mexican Revolution.
0: Oh, wow. Which, Which,
1: uh, <laughs> which Emilio Fernandez, who's in this show... Right. was actually in the revolution that yeah yeah I, I read let's, about that
2: yes let's, i had let's and go i had to tell him a little, like, little bit yeah the i'm so victim. sorry
1: tom we just booked it and apparently we could have put you on another episode And i'm just I'm,
3: I'm so sorry. sorry oh stop I actually, stop stop this i wanted fine. to do this episode mostly because i speak spanish
1: <laughs> and oh, hey. um but also You're the only like, one here was... who does
3: oh i'm actually not that fluent in spanish but like um I, I I'm, did I'm not that food really... in english so you're fine it's, it's like oh, no i really i really wanted to do this episode like after the fact because um like a martinez and just kind of like yes i'm familiar with his work yeah and um like and just kind of like the things that i knew a lot about bullfighting i actually do know a lot about bullfighting
0: okay. and
3: um wow. growing up in texas so the one thing that was just like um, really bizarre, and, like, I didn't... Aside from the very
1: I... idea of bullfighting, yes. Well... Well, perhaps, I... my friend, you enjoy seeing two prize fighters in the ring.
3: That, <laughs> actually, I
2: like that, that speech a lot. Was... I like that speech, actually, quite a bit. I, I
3: thought no, that was interesting, because... I didn't because... like that one. Oh, like really? Why not? Well...
2: No, because I, I felt like... The boxing, hunting, fishing thing, where he's like, "Well, if you're going to fight bulls, why, why why is it okay to like uh, kill fish? Why is it okay to uh, shoot things in the head? Why is it okay to punch the crap out of people?" It's like well, I
3: kind of feel like he might have a tiny point there. He he does have a point. I will I will not fault him for that. But that was it's kind of one of those. It was a, he was laying a trap down for Columbo, and I felt like that. Well, when we finally talk about the episode, we'll talk about like how. Poorly thought out, the Montoya character actually is.
0: Oh, I want to fight
3: uh, that. Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's a little weird. Because
3: that was the thing. We we do get to learn about bullfighting, but we don't ever really get to see it. I'm fine with that, really. I mean, there there was kind of like... And they threw in kind of the story about, like, he used to be this really good bullfighter, and we don't really... It's except from the yeah, film should...
2: except from footage from the film Santa from 1943 Some... we can
3: yeah. see it which i think
2: is really neat to... that they threw that in but yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah was... you do have to say it in the Sabato Gigante voice if you're going to say it <laughs> the film Santa Some... from um... 1943
2: <laughs> starring Ricardo so Montalban like tra- Dracula what was that yeah, i know I, like... 1943
1: yeah. Right, Ricardo Montalban Santa, <laughs> Santa. Oh, Ricardo Montalban
3: have Montabon. a quick question about Ricardo Montalban <laughs> oh, that is Dracula i'm sorry
1: <laughs> yes, morning. sorry. A uh, question about Ricardo Montalban. Uh,
3: he was in the original Planet of Apes, mo- Apes movies. Um, he... well, yes, yes. Oh, according I to ZIM, was oh. he a villain? I have no
2: idea.
1: Or was idea. he was, he uh, was like he the was... doctor? No, he uh, he was. I believe he was a ringmaster at a circus.
3: Oh, really? Okay, I so he
2: was. St- oh, he was still yeah. a heel, right?
1: No, well, nobody in a circus is fully good. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, you remember,
2: except the strong man yes <laughs> i am
1: absolutely i'm i'm losing my my ape law cred here because i can't remember <laughs> which is which but you know there's the there's the the movie where um Cr- oh geez cornelius, cornelius and, and the
2: yeah. lady yes. come to the, fut- come, to the come to the
1: present and oh, they leave a, they leave a baby behind and the baby can talk and Ricardo Montalban is running the circus that has the baby. No, so he's, he's right. actually hes not a heel. He's a good guy in that one because he. Okay. I think he's sympathetic to the apes after the the uh, society turns against them.
3: Okay. I, I'm going to retract the statement I didn't say. So, because <laughs> this is the conversation. This is actually part well, yeah, yeah. start Star Trek
2: 2. He was definitely a yeah. heel. You can be <laughs> confident in that. You can stick with that.
3: Yeah, well, it was. Fantasy I, Island I maybe mentioned...
2: was, maybe wasn't, depending on your interpretation yeah. of that show. He was either Satan yeah. or he was helping people. Who knows? It's up to you. Yeah,
3: that's... I Everybody forgot to go that Ricardo Montalban was in Fantasy Island, and so when I was telling John I didn't like Ricardo Montalban, it was based off of another fan theory I guess. Oh, you thought about... he was
2: Hervé Villachez. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, that's that exactly what I thought. I thought he was a tiny, creepy fella.
3: Yeah, and he was always... He was also in a, a Murderer in Murder, She Wrote too, which I watched... Right before I saw this episode, oh and okay, he, yeah. So that's why I tried really to my, watch that show. So yes, really, just in case. all my my knowledge of Ricardo Montalban is just he's he's the villain space Killed guy, people. you know. Okay, he kills people. Oh, well, no, wonder. it's just it's just a thing. He's no done problem.
2: fine. Yeah. He's done
3: fine work. He, he he had a long distinguished career. Sold I, I've cars. seen his movies in Spanish, so like I knew just until about you know Wrath of Khan, he kind of just like flipped a
1: switch and, like, went crazy. And
3: ultimately, uh, Santa! In, <laughs> yes. de-
1: in defense of his character in uh, in Conquest of the Planet of the Apes and Escape from the Planet of the Apes, he has this line, You're asking me to risk imprisonment for the sake of two fugitive apes? The answer is a thousand times yes.
2: Yes. Oh, that's nice. I do remember that line. Thank you, John. That's real good.
0: Yes, I do remember that. Because
2: it's, it's nice, but it's also...
3: Goofy as hell, and why was
2: that yeah, just it is. made? It is. It is. Yes, sure. The why best not? Part
1: about science fiction.
3: Okay,
1: uh, let's uh,
3: let's get to the actual like murder because I'm sure everybody <laughs> has like clicked well, out well,
2: already. Well, actually, the, the murder. <laughs> I mean, not even that. Let's let's go back farther. The, well, actually, okay. The murder. The reason the for the motive. So, like, um, yeah, that was one thing. The first time I saw this, uh, the reason for the murder was kind of like, eh, really. But then also one thing I found surprising watching the second time. That opening sequence, uh, where A. Martinez's character is having the fever dream of the attack mm-hmm. by the bull, and what happened—you watch that. It, it's just these quick cuts, these crazy shots, but it's all there. Once you've watched yeah. the episode, yeah. you watch that. It all, every single one of those quick shots, makes sense and actually lines up with what turns out actually happened, which I was very impressed by. Which I thought was great.
3: Mm-hmm. I find opinion, it yeah. strange that, like, you know, he obviously he kills this man because he, he's seen him. He's arrogant, and, and this man has seen him. You know, it's a week, and state yeah. of, of shock,
2: essentially machismo slash machismo.
3: Yeah. Yes. machismo, and I'm just like really. I figured that he was gonna, you know, kill Francisco Curro, you know, afterward, mm-hmm. because obviously, eventually, Curro would remember what had happened because right. it's it's Curro and the Sanchez boys that essentially help Colombo, you know, figure this out. Right. Yeah. And but that didn't.
0: Uh, it, yeah. I think, no. I was well, well, we a bit were, of a shock,
1: yeah. but yeah. But yeah. Are we are we having a problem with the motive? Yes. I think, think it just the yes, motive
2: feels absolutely. like. But I mean, the motive for me, yeah, because like especially the first time through watching it, the motive being just that he felt embarrassed and didn't want to. Wanted to
1: get oh, no, out. Oh, no, 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 no. It's See, not I, but I mean, that's
2: huge. I mean, that's a huge... The second time, it made a lot more sense. The first time, it did oh, not. I, I, the second it. time, it, was... it made more sense. That, like, oh, because this is such a huge thing. He's got this natural reputation. Yeah, it's reputation. the honor. Right, it's the think honor of him, thing. Think of,
1: think of him as Lance Armstrong. Ah, uh, okay. Because uh, if, he is, sure? if he is dishonored, if his reputation suffers, that's it for his business. And that's it for uh, his standing. Oh. So it
3: makes is not...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not just sense. it's not just his honor. Although, okay, there's two other things I got to talk about. There's, I yeah. I also don't think he murdered Hector because Hector saw his fear. He murdered Hector because Hector was leaving.
3: Oh, both
2: of those. No. Okay. okay.
3: I, I I disagree. Okay. And not because of your, yes and no. I think what because there's this, later on before we right before we find out what the motive is, like uh, Ricardo Montalbán's character tells a story about the other time he froze. And like he was almost dishonored and I, that's why he quits uh the bullfighting and the no, person no, he, that he got quit, him out. Well, oh, I yeah, mean yeah, yeah he got yeah. out. But the other person that I think what we're supposed to think as the or realize as the view, viewer is that Hector was the person that he either dragged out of the the ring or dragged him out the ring.
2: Um, Hector 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 was Hector was there his last fight uh, Montoya was injured horribly but stayed in the ring to try to protect the other guy and that was his last fight and that's what everybody remembers him for being this grand hero so So the threatening of that and the threatening of the business I think John that's a good point the fact that who's going to go to this guy to get these bulls Right. which is pretty much his entire business these days and also probably doing a lot of personal appearances and speeches mm-hmm. and that sort of thing based on true. being this that's guy mean, that right everyone now. remembers right. and that's completely like blown away yeah, by this makes... one afternoon which I mean Hector, makes, probably, wasn't, Hector probably wasn't probably wasn't going to say peep about it he was going to be like yeah eh, I, just wanna, I didn't like what yeah. I saw and that's
1: why I think Hector leaving was the problem uh, because right. Hector, he couldn't trust he stayed, that he wouldn't
2: say something yeah, okay. Right.
1: Well, no, no, that's not it. If Hector left, it would raise questions.
2: Oh, like why is oh. he leaving? Oh, no, nice. Exactly. Oh. Yes. If, okay. Hector, if People Hector stayed, wondered, like, it would have been fine. Yeah, oh, okay. right. Okay. Like, yeah, because, well, here's the story. Uh, he saved the guy's son. Why would he uh, leave his employ the next Bingo. day? Yeah, oh, okay. See, nice.
3: Okay. Thanks, there we go. John. Now yes. I feel better about the episode completely.
1: We can Think continue. This.
3: There you
2: go. Yeah, but uh, which is guys, thing, that's good. That's ab- good that they have that. Isn't, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, we need yes. Things.
1: But think also about there are a number of Columbo episodes that are just about pride. Pretty much yes. any yeah. any episode with a blackmailer,
0: right? right. Like Lo-
1: lovely but lethal, which is the cosmetics industry one. Uh huh. That was almost entirely pride, and business was tied into pride, but it was almost mm-hmm. entirely pride. Right. Uh, right. Make me a perfect murder. She murders her her lover. Because he disrespected her, he just right. took something from her. She thought she deserved. Right. There's, right. there's tons of that in Colombo, and that's even though this is framed in a really kind of we'll never understand this alien culture way. It's, right. it's straightforward. It
3: is pretty basic. It yeah. is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Oh, there
1: we go. John Morris understands it.
3: Thanks, John. I <laughs> <Aren't laughs> my literally flower. had my arms in the air. Great. <laughs> okay. Well, that that actually clears up my issue with the motive.
2: Then? yeah no that that that's yeah that's good. yeah thank you
3: i just i think to... it, i wish it were a little more transparent maybe but yeah. other than that i think it was you know was, yeah okay yeah that makes more well, sense well, I, mean, sure. I mean one thing like aside
2: like, motive issues aside what everybody has with mm-hmm. that, it's uh, peter falk in this this is one of my favorite performances as she Columbo. that he, in was this. wonderful his his thinking his figuring all of that, it's all there. It's on display, and it's just right from the start. It's just it. it it's one of the perfect Columbo performances, I think,
3: of the series. Uh, it's one. It's great. I, I personally love the moment uh, Montoya figures out that Columbo no, is onto him. Like once he gets into that, there they have this look. Oh yeah, no, no. There, there's there's a lot series?
2: of great. Falk looks in this one like there's this one point uh, where Montoya I think it's just after the uh, speech Montoya gives him about the the boxing and the fishing and all that kind of stuff. yes Falk does the thing that he does as Colombo so well sometimes or it's this weird little half smile is like okay I'm kind of listening to you and being polite but I know you committed the murder yeah thank you okay well I'm gonna go now I know you're a goddamn homicidal maniac (laughs) but I'm just gonna head out thank (laughs) you whatever I know you did it thanks anyway yeah,
1: but uh, but uh, Laura, what was the what was the scene where you think uh, Montoya realized that Columbo was onto him? Because I always love figuring that part out.
3: Let me—I wrote it down, <laughs> but I think it was. Uh, it was when he goes back. Um, I think it was after his daughter had arrived, and he's going back, and he's talking to um, the house guy with the mescal and everything, and. You see yeah. see him coming back after his daughter has kind of like come in and he just like stares at Colombo. He doesn't say anything to him, but he's like this is the last he's already prepared like his speech like this is the last time this guy is going to be in my house. I don't want him yeah. here. Right. And uh, compared to a lot of other Colombo built like villains, I like what Montoya does in the beginning. He he plays the bereaved like, family. Which is, I, I thought that was very strange, because, mm. you know, he's like, why would you, you know, get all, you know, do this autopsy on this man, you know, you're dishonoring him, and all this other stuff, and it was like, he's really trying to, like, play that card, instead of just being like, oh, I don't, you know, he's not doing, he well, he is, he's sort of doing, like, you know, this was a complete accident, you know, why would you do that? But he's really, you know, Trying to pretend to be saddened about this guy that right. you know, who was very loyal to him. And like I, I almost, wonder, I wonder if, I if that was a pretense
1: it. though. I wonder I, if, even though he arranged for the murder, if he <laughs> still felt like he had not only to protect himself, but he did have to protect uh or he felt that there was some respect due to Hector despite having murdered him.
2: Well yeah, I, but the Hector was on his know. knees begging him. To not kill him, though. Well,
1: he was on his knees because he got shot with. <laughs> well,
2: himself. I know, but, but still. But, that's, but that was. <laughs> he was literally on
3: his knees. He's so, yeah. Hector had been so loyal to be him. Spared. Yeah. There, there would, there is, wasn't really a. I mean, despite the honor thing and like him leaving, there wasn't. You know, I feel like he could have talked Hector out of leaving because he talked. At, Hector into the ring to kill this bull, which he was like, you know, there's no need for you to do that, you know, my son, whatever, but this is like, I don't know if Hector saw it as like, you know, this is my last moment with a really, really good friend, right? and that's why he did it, but I really,
0: I really don't know, well, I, th- I, think, I, I, I really Hector, felt like it was a pre-cons. I mean, Hector,
3: I believe,
2: went in because he, f- he believed that Montoya was going to actually try to fight this thing on his own. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, and it's not just to um, avenge his son's attack, mm-hmm. like the attack of the bull and son. But we don't know as the audience yet that Hector knows it's Montoya trying to reverse his cowardice from the day before. Right. So right. that's why he goes in. It's like, oh, okay, he's trying to make a point. Fine. I don't want to be killed doing this. And if he has okay. no idea that he's going get, to uh, get the Mickey Finn in the leg and then uh, <laughs> get torn in half by a goddamn bull yeah yeah um oh, oh, oh you brought up the uh, the mescal guy the the ranch hand
3: oh, and yes. that was
2: an interesting thing because it, that's <laughs> the only that's the only point that colombo outside of sanchez uh admits to someone that's a homicide investigation because mm-hmm. the, like what he says to that ranch hand is So you were at the only one on the ranch at the time of the murder. He specifically calls it a murder at that point to that guy, which I don't know if that's a weird continuity mistake or that's a strategy thing in Colombo's part or what, but he actually calls it a murder to that guy, and that guy doesn't flinch at all. He's just like, oh, yeah, no, I was the only one there, whatever. But Columbo is calling it a murder to at least that guy on Montoya's staff at that point, which I thought was was a weird thing.
1: He might have been emboldened by Miguel's behavior because you remember, you know, after Miguel talks or mocks Columbo for being scared about the, the uh, calf. Right. Mm-hmm. He, and and he's uh, spitting he,
2: out the mezcal. The... Yeah.
1: I want to – I got to talk about that too. Which but, is fun, yeah. Uh, but he does that thing about, I'm Miguel, everyone knows me, even the bulls, raising <laughs> right. his hands above his head. And yeah. he's obviously a bit of a – like an enthusiastic blowhard and he's a drunk. And I think Columbo maybe thought, I wonder if I can get this guy to, to talk. Right. Yeah, like I, like admit, I don't like, know if it's Oh, conduit. murder,
3: of course. I've heard all sorts of, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And, but he and he did
3: say he had a headache, so he was probably still drunk. Oh, yeah,
2: sure Almost, he, was. Yeah. Well, he was. He was chugging, absolutely drunk. He
1: was chugging straight Miscal from the canteen. So, Which, yes, by the way, let's we, talk about this. Why in old, old movies and television can no one smell alcohol? Because I, there's no has way... has a
2: smell. You can smell that. A, yeah, I, it has a big it's smell. Not gonna, it's not going to be like water. You can yeah. smell Miscal. Yeah. You it's and I it's right. sealed up in the thing. You take the cap off, you're gonna smell that's booze.
1: Yeah, I can yes. smell. I can it was... smell it if it's in the room. Yeah, right. much less whether it's about to go in my face. Kate and I were watching "Gentlemen Prefer Blondes" the other night. Uh-huh. Great old Jane Russell, Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah, and right? there's literally a scene where they they <clears throat> they get this guy. They trick this guy into drinking a full glass of vodka by pretending it's water. There's no way you would get vodka that close to your face and be yeah, like well, that's, as, that's as we
0: can lame as vodka, vodka is vodka. Yeah, as no, as the cheaper can, the worse it is Yeah, as we can lame yeah. as vodka oh, yeah, is yeah, you yeah, can that smell is
2: true. it you can smell vodka yeah. it's a bad yeah. you, you yeah. definitely can
1: I used to you know my stuff was eight times filtered back when I was drinking and I could still <laughs> smell it <laughs> so wow
3: that's did you
1: nah. ever? Did
2: you ever do the thing where, like, I always heard you could like do a thing where you put it through a Brita pitcher if you get some cheap stuff, put it through. I tried that. that. Did it work yeah, or no? So. Nope. No, doesn't don't work, do it. right? It wouldn't work. Nope.
0: Would There's an no, old no Russian
1: trick. that's kind of neat if you if you have a loaf of uh, let's really help out our alcoholic friends. <laughs> sure. If you have a you know have a loaf of that really dense black Russian bread.
2: Yeah. And
1: yeah. they will sometimes huh? filter their vodka through the bread.
2: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: And I tried that a couple times, and what happened is I got very dark vodka that tasted a little like bread.
2: Oh, so if you take like yeah. some uh, some uh, charcoal briquettes and put them in a glass and just pour that over it, it's not going to filter it probably. Well, you might want to uh,
1: freeze it so at least get the vodka cold.
2: All right, good. There we go.
3: <laughs> well, based on my other um, adventures, that you shouldn't use uh, barbecue charcoal because it's not the same thing. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> oh no. It's,
0: we no, move this part to the front of yeah, the podcast.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> there's our next
0: show. Anyway, We're back to uh, the
3: alcohol podcast, guys. Yeah, cheap
0: um, cheap alcohol so podcast.
1: We're running up near the end, and I wanted mm-hmm. to... There's one scene that I absolutely have to talk about.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, there, there's, in every episode, of the Columbo moment, the moment that Columbo realizes who the killer is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: in this episode, he doesn't know that there's been a murder, so he's not expecting a killer. Good now, there's an, exchange, there's an exchange between Falk and Montalban, mm-hmm. which is... It's the first four sentences they exchange. And the entire investigation starts there. The first thing Falk says is, or Colombo says, is I I can't tell you how relieved I am that you speak English. And they pan over to Montaban and he gives his expression is his he's offended enough that he can't be polite. Because that uh, Mexican dudes hear that all the time, especially wealthy Mexican dudes who right. have a lot of property, who have a high position uh, Montoya is a guy who travels north of the border to lecture constantly. Right. So that's a little bit of, not even a little bit, that's quite an insult for him to take. And he mm-hmm. gives a little bit of a wince. So now he's angry at Colombo. And then when, uh, the word Torero comes up and Colombo mm-hmm. says, uh, what is, uh, what is that? And Montoya explains, uh, When I was young, I was paid a great deal of money to fight bulls. Now I've spent a great deal of money to raise bulls. It's quite an expensive hobby, my friend. And he says it's so cold, and they cut to Falk, and Falk has this little reaction. His eyes get a little wide. And that's the moment Columbo goes. That is
3: exactly the moment.
1: And it's beautiful. I I kept rewinding to rewatch it because those two together are stupendous. Especially, it's amazing because uh, Montaban has such a formal and rigid way of acting. He's yes. very, completely very... different from
2: Falk's, yes.
1: And you know yeah. what it's reminded me of? And I know no one in this room will have yeah. seen it, and I bet nobody listening to the podcast will have seen it, but I'm a big fan of Roger Moore's The Saint, the old black and white show. I've seen some of that, or, yeah. And The Color. I have no it's been idea. a
2: long, long time, but yeah. I've seen. A couple and Roger episodes. Moore
1: is, yeah. like Monteban; is, he's a very formal, stiff actor. His humor is wry and arched and very precise And there's one episode of The Saint that guest stars Donald Sutherland. Oh, really? Oh, my God. That'd be
2: so – that's night and day. That's crazy. Really. It is,
1: but it it works in the same way that this works. You have a very dignified performer and a very loose, naturalistic performer.
2: But that's happened other times on this show, though, too. Like where you get like the old style – Yeah, sometimes it doesn't – Don Don Amici with him was strange. Yeah. Like that. Too. And you know, I
1: don't, yeah, I didn't like that episode at all. And but I like
2: the interaction two. between the two of them because it's like this very old Hollywood fella, that style of acting, with Falk's just sort of loose Cassavetti yeah. school of just like, oh, I'm doing this thing. I'm just acting. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I didn't yeah, even think was, about that. That's interesting. It made a
1: great friction. But I think it's, it's because I, I, I don't know that I knew before this episode how subtle Montalban could be.
2: Yeah, no, I th- I thought he was awfully good in this, and I, mean, I would I have also, liked to have seen him come back again.
3: I would have liked to see him come back in the '90s ones, too. I, because I, like I said, like I'm not very familiar. I'm I'm familiar with Malta Bond's kind of work in like very Spanish, you know, movies and you know, mm. con or whatever. Yeah. But you know, he's for me. I always see him. He's always playing some sort of like rich dude or some sort of um, person in power. Which is perfect so for felt, this, so yeah. Which is perfect for, you know, Colombo. So this,
2: I, I'm going to go on a limb to say this. This may have changed your opinion on Ricardo Multibon a little bit, this episode, <laughs> slightly. Yeah, I, I feel a lot better about it. Open your Multibon vistas, as it were. Yeah. As a young woman, I, you're like, okay, I think there's more to this Ricardo Multibon than I thought. Yes,
3: I can, I, can watch Owl, I can watch Fantasy Island with that, like getting like, scared <laughs> that he's like
1: Satan or something. Man, don't watch Fantasy Island anyway. It's just turned out that's not <laughs> very good. <laughs> yeah,
3: actually, that's but, a good point. but
1: hopefully we can send you to some Planet of the Apes movies and you'll have a new appreciation oh, of sure. Armando the, the Circus. Yeah, he's, he's not yeah. a
3: Kevin Spacey, so
1: that's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention uh, two other things that, uh, actually there's a million things on this, but just to get it real quick, uh, Montalban loved doing this. and he Oh, really?
2: Where do you talk about this?
1: Uh, in the Columbo file, the book that we oh okay, yeah, yeah. both okay. own, and you probably should read before these uh, episodes. <laughs> I don't.
2: Uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to listen to the Scottish thing because I don't want it to like get in there and I start talking about stuff from that. You know, I feel like we. But I don't know. I don't but know you, don't wanna, you don't want
1: You don't want to talk about stuff like ricardo Montalban really enjoyed doing this
0: right uh, yes, and anyway
1: he was saying that it was one of the few times in hollywood that he did a role where his accent didn't work against him
0: oh, that he oh yeah really
1: loved doing it and he said uh, the quote that i enjoyed was i did so many guest shots on different shows on tv very few of them stand out this one stands out
2: oh wow that guy had a huge Which long a, career that's amazing to yeah, say that that's a real compliment well that's nice that's wonderful And
1: also, as we wrap this up, I do want to mention that... uh, So this will come out before September's over, right?
2: Uh, Yes, it ought to, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, September is Hispanic Heritage Month.
2: Oh, there we go. Yeah, woo,
1: woo, boys! There (laughs) we go. So nicely timed on our part.
2: Yeah, we'll do candidate for crime in November. But yes, this is is time for this (laughs) one. Oh, no. Yes.
0: Uh, I can't wait for that to happen. Anyway.
2: Yeah, uh, one one thing I didn't like about this one. Of course, uh, you're never going to see... Mrs. Columbo, an episode, but I thought the way that they got rid of her in this one was especially clumsy.
0: Yeah, it, it was for-
3: egregious. Yeah,
2: it was very forced, <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's like it, it's better when you just don't see her and she's just referred to in the background. This one, like, oh, well, she's actually in the city, in the country, you might get to see her. There's so like, oh no, out with the wife. Yeah, she she had to go back up north for cousin Vito's anniversary, which like oh.
1: That was a, also an exceptionally weak excuse.
2: Yes. It was like, not it
1: was good. It was Colombo's cousin. Yes. Matt, uh, yeah! Anyway.
2: That's important Matt. to her. It's not important to Colombo, so whatever.
1: But it he did, has it, like
3: three cousin vetoes. It's okay.
2: Yeah.
1: I think <laughs> exactly. it, it did give Sanchez's wife a good reason to excuse herself so that Sanchez and Colombo could discuss the case. Right. But yeah, I didn't really didn't really dig on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. that that was that was a little weak. Yeah. Oh well. Uh what, what uh another thing I liked, um, as we're wrapping things up, just I'm like going through my notes. Um, at, at the end, when um, Multibon is is shown to still be the, the frozen deer in the headlights of a, I guess, giant bull shaped car. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when he just uh, silently hands Columbo the sword and the cloth, it's nice that uh, Columbo knows what that means. Like, he's oh, done the research. That was a beautiful scene. And yeah, it was great, because he realized, like, oh, this is important, because he's done the research, he's done the looking up on what all this whole culture is about, and what the bullfighting, yeah, I thought that was a great moment that they threw in there, yeah.
1: Uh, another thing from my notes, uh, I want to point out the music was fantastic. I in this was yes, episode. I got the score
3: it was, this. Yes. I love that they had like a band in the um <laughs> the like restaurant. It yeah, was just, it was great. Bernardo, so fun Bernardo Segal
2: in... did the music for this and he did an amazing job. I I, I, I like the wonderful.
1: It, we even yes. had a little like uh we had a little mariachi over the end credits. Yep.
2: Yeah. It was pretty good. And, and just, I just, yeah, I the also tense mm-hmm. stuff, it was, it was uh, great, great score in this episode. Yeah,
1: makes me so... I miss Tucson wildly. Oh, so I miss
3: San Antonio. Oh, really,
2: it's good times, it's good times. Oh, man, I, I miss Lansing, Michigan so much. <laughs> there was this it's one restaurant there. Lakes. I don't yes. know if you've heard it. You've heard it. It's called Chi-Chi's. You know, it was great. Uh, I used to go there. And they'd play <laughs> the music very
0: authentic.
1: <laughs> I wanted to mention this, actually, if if it came up naturally, but I'm just going to force it since you said restaurant. You know, we used to go to, to uh, Nogales all the time, because it was like a 45 minute drive to get down there. Mm-hmm. And there was really what was kind of a Tex-Mex restaurant right over the border called La Caverna, mm-hmm. which, which was modeled to look like a cave. It wasn't an actual cave. And it was modeled with chicken wire and paper mache. <laughs> and in like it burned down in like 98, 99 or oh, something. No. And I just remember the the response like at first was, Oh my God, it burned down. And then a few of my friends actually going, how do you burn down a cave?
0: <laughs> oh my God. Oh my <laughs> also God. also feeling so
1: happy that I got out of there alive, but,
0: um, how do you burn?
1: RIP down La cave? Caverna. Yeah. God
0: oh. bless you. This so the, so the, will...
2: the, the cave, uh, from, uh, my childhood growing up someplace I uh, was actually at a uh, Bavarian-themed chicken restaurant in Frankenmuth, Michigan. So slightly different, but still the same decoration, which is interesting. So, uh,
3: I lived not far from Carlsbad Caverns. Does that count? That's an actual you... real thing. That's a real geologic yes. thing.
1: Did you ever You're eat looking, a sandwich that's in a good there? Thing. If so,
3: that is uh, hardened down. No, no, not at all. Uh-huh. I never. I never actually went. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, well, like, I, I grew this, up in New Mexico, scary. so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a... Yeah. Uh, you yep. If you've ever wanted to see a cavern, that's the place. Go there, guys. Sure. Uh, last I, piece of my notes, uh, uh, Maria Grimm... i good. Sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah.
2: Stop. Uh, anyway. Uh,
1: Maria Grimm, who plays the daughter in this episode... Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. She just married, recently died.
0: Oh, um, really? Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm.
1: This is going to sound like I'm making fun of her, then. But oh no, uh, Sorry. She was,
2: she's not going to listen to it. So
1: oh come on.
0: Oh
3: no.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, she's married to Conrad Janus, as you might remember, as the father Wait, on yes. Mork and Mindy.
0: Yes. Oh, oh my god. Really? No way. Oh, god. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: And I also feel really embarrassed that that's the only actor fact I dragged out, even though uh, I, even though Emilio Fernandez, literally the most important figure in Mexican film Absolutely. is in this and we didn't talk about him at all and also i wanted to mention that jorge rivero who played carlos the guy who was waxing the car
0: mm-hmm. who wears a uh,
2: uh, frighteningly tight clothes yes right
1: he's just like the musliest dude as yeah. his career went on he got muslier. yes what? he did you can find <laughs> photos of him he in like, yeah he was like two hunks
0: <laughs> it was like if
1: you stapled one hunk to a second hunk but he's, yeah, he's uh, he got bigger and bigger. I saw photos of him in the 80s, and he looks like if he gets any bigger, he's going to float away. <laughs>
2: but uh, no matter how big he got, he will not, as uh, Emilio Fernandez was, rumored to be the model for the Oscar statue.
1: Also a good point. I'm glad Which you got crazy. that worked Ooh. in.
2: Thank you, yes.
1: Actually well, done. let's
2: talk a bit about Emilio Fernandez briefly and his amazing, like, you've, you've done a bit more reading about this, John. Yes. Yeah, I uh, mean, if you... Lightness.
1: If you uh want to check out his uh, his IMDb bio this is fantastic. Somebody took the opportunity in writing Emilio Fernandez's bio to not just cover all the highlights of his career, you know, being a, a, a fantastic actor, being a writer, being a director, having been in the Wild Bunch, uh, having been El Jefe in uh, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. Oh, uh, I know, right? Uh, but also did a complete history of revolution, establishment politics, and the film industry in Mexico in, in the his, 20th century.
3: In, this, in his IMDb. Oh, I absolutely know who you're talking about now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, like the name sounds familiar, but I, I do actually remember talking about this in school. Wow. Okay, he's,
1: yeah. He's an absolutely fascinating character. He actually battled alongside De La Huerta in the uh, revolution in Mexico and turned to film because of De La Huerta.
2: And, yeah, and, and, John, how does how does his IMDb profile compare to that one of uh, one of the writers? Judy, of caution, burger can Lam- be hazardous to your health. <laughs> Judy Lampu
1: had this sixteen hundred word bio that talked entirely uh, that in, that uh, devoted a quarter to stars she had seen passing.
0: <laughs>
1: Whereas <laughs> Emilio Fernandez's bio includes a history of the seventy five year reign of the PRI in Mexico <laughs> and how they managed how they've managed to consistently reestablish puppet successors in order to continue their power.
2: Judy. Judy, Judy, Judy. Come on. (laughs) on. So, well
1: worth reading if you want to swing over to IMDb. It's a a 5,000 word description, and it is one of the most fascinating things I've ever read.
2: Alalia Fernandez, your reading assignment next week, listeners. Also, and as RJ RJ pointed
1: out, he also may have been the model for the Caduette.
2: Yep, for the Oscar. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, Crazy. yeah cool. That's a heck of a lot. All right, good. From a Columbus. You got in so everything. This was, I I wasn't sure what to expect from this episode, uh, but I enjoyed it so much. Let's go around. Final thoughts, final impressions. We'll start with Laura. Uh, you you apparently were a little shaky on it at first, slightly reluctant, but how did you end up uh, feeling about the thing I've seen a couple times?
3: Um. Really, you know, it was... Mainly, I just didn't like the motive. I thought it was silly. Uh, I didn't really understand it, but I really liked everything else about the episode, and now that John has cleared up, really... Yes, thank you, John. ...what makes the motive... Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, now I can go back and watch and, like, feel really, really good about it. Right. So, I mean, it it was pretty good. It was yes. a good episode. I, it was... It was six, kind of, in, when I was like, oh, okay, you know, whatever. But now I, I'm going to give it, like, an 8.5. It's pretty pretty darn good. Goodness, that's great. Um, I, yeah, I
2: didn't know what to expect going in. I think, like, oh, this might be some kind of weird gimmick episode, but I loved it. I thought Maltabon was great. I thought uh, Falk was incredible. Um, Armandaria was great as Sanchez. It was, yeah, it was well-directed, well-written. The music was wonderful. I, I liked it. This is... This was up there maybe in one of my favorite 70s ones. This is a great yeah. episode of Columbo, I thought. And I think a lot of it is because it kind of took him out of the regular sort of routine and didn't have the usual stakes, but they were still there. I don't know. It, it, I liked it a lot. John? Yes, sir.
1: What would you like? Uh, yeah, this one... Uh, I think going into this one, I had the this, this similar thought like, oh, it's going to be the... The facts of life go to paris episode <laughs> yes,
0: exactly yes oh, exactly. Colombo,
1: but exactly um, I was
0: Australia, <laughs> yeah.
1: but uh, it was incredibly strong, a real showcase for for Falk by taking him out of his framework, it gave him a lot of liberty to to do Columbo, I think, in a way he hadn 't done before, that mm-hmm. was still consistent with what he 'd established before, yeah. Uh, so, and this is part of a real raft of great episodes that happen in season five. And All I was right, yeah, so you made this oh, point
2: yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think uh, Columbo season five is Columbo's Simpsons season three.
2: Because, I mean, isn't, uh, the one, I, we didn't even plan it this way, but I think the one just before this was Publisher Parish, wasn't it? Oh, no, no, yeah, no, no, yes, no. Yes. no it's, is it? Or am I thinking No, I of, think it I, might be the one after. You see it's the one no, after. No, it's, now you, see, it's yeah. now you See Him. Now You See Him as one before this. Never yeah. Mind. yeah. Oh, okay,
3: okay.
1: Yeah, I can. Uh, if people, I don't if people to...
2: want to know, we might be having a do-over on that soon. No, make up for the player thing, but we're, we're working that out. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. Please. We'll see. We'll see.
0: <laughs> and
1: I, I hate to say this, I actually, uh, and, and no reflection on Laura, I think we did a really good podcast today. But I might call for at least a maybe a, a, an additional. Oh,
3: ah, okay. Yeah, I I would love to hear your friends. If, yeah, right, why not? If you need someone who's like a political science major, like for your candidate one, I would definitely come back for that. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> that's actually well, no. See, the
2: problem one. with that is the way we're doing things, you'd be stuck with the '90s one. So I well, I also be, want to do a be '90s doomed. one. You'd be doomed, but we'll see. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be doomed with that, but yeah. Oh,
3: uh, I would love to see, do a '90s one because I have not <laughs> seen really? any of them. you really oh
2: then. I, I uh, like the George Wint one. You wouldn't, really that do. Same, you wouldn't have that same opinion after you see one, but yeah, okay. it's okay. I've, um, I've been just,
3: watching a lot of Cheers, so if you do do the George Wint one, I totally call me back. I don't care. Yeah, we'll
2: see what happens. <laughs> I'm not sure we're doing uh, the George Wint one, but yes. So
1: just to run through season five real quick, uh, Forgotten Lady. Yeah. Oh, One the, of that's our That's my
0: favorite
1: episode. Identity Crisis?
2: Oh, yep, yep,
0: yep, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Now now you see him and it ends with last salute to the commodore.
0: Oh. Okay, so no, there's a weird yeah. dip
1: then. So there's a weird dip. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so where I was going with this <sighs> is, yeah, this is one of the finer episodes I've seen. I think it's going to go on my tentative top ten list. There's a lot of shuffling in there. Yeah. But I would, definitely, I would definitely give it a Ocho de Caradillas.
3: Oh, there we go. bien, bien, bien.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was glad i get that one All last right, Spanish.
2: Well, if... uh, Laura, thanks for contacting us. Thanks for getting in touch with us. And thanks for doing this episode. If people want to see you. uh, what you're working on or writing these days or just read your thoughts on stuff, where should they go online?
3: Um, You can go to my Tumblr. It's Mm -hmm. uh, faraday.tumblr.com, and that is F-A-R-R-A-H-B-A-5-H-Y.tumblr.com.
0: Don't ask. Um, Okay, I I won't.
3: (laughs) Currently, um, I have just finished kind of my thoughts on uh, Steven Universe, which is another popular uh, cartoon. Uh, once Rick and Morty come back on and Bob's Burgers, you're going to see me blogging a lot about that. All right. And um, any that's other TV shows. shows that are kind of there. If you like comic books, I do a lot of those too. Why? But, Why uh, I don't that's
2: about what huh? comic
3: books? want yeah. that uh, yuck. I did, terrible. I, did a, <laughs> I couldn't find it to send it to you, John, but I had did, I had done kind of a. Um, kind of an international relations guide based on, like, the Marvel Universe. (laughs) uh,
0: Especially... I would (laughs) love to see that. That's actually one of the things
1: that used to bug me about the Avengers, is they kept invading, like, Latveria, and then just leaving.
0: Oh, yeah. There'd
3: be be so many problems with that, but... uh. Well, I I specifically... My my Russian professor, um, every time we would kind of talk about Russia, I would, you know, make references to, kind of, Civil War era and uh, Bucky Barnes... Because in the I guess in the reboot, you know, he's you know, working for Hydra and stuff. How so uh, how'd he yeah. feel about that?
2: Yeah, what were what were his opinions on that? Oh anyway. well I was, I was just fascinated. It was it was great. All right. Uh yeah. But yeah. We also <laughs> have we also have a Tumblr. Uh it's JMT at dot com. Uh if you want to go there you can uh, see screenshots, the episodes we talk about, plus for the thoughts plus. Um Things we'll repost because there's a lot of people posting stuff about uh, Columbo on Tumblr these days and the rest of the internet. Uh, if you don't want to go to Tumblr, you can follow us on Twitter instead because we'll often repost things there. JMT Podcast on Twitter.com. We'll post about the latest episodes, other uh, items we get. Uh, we like getting feedback on there as well as getting feedback through our email address. Uh, we've gotten some interesting ones this week, as a matter of fact. Uh, that's Columbo at the City Desk. And to wrap everything up, if you want to listen to this show, if you're listening to it right now through something like, how did this end up on my uh, iPhone or whatnot? Well, you can get more of them at jmtpodcast.com or by searching the TV and film sections of your favorite podcast apps. iTunes, Google, Stitcher, whatever. And if you wouldn't mind, uh, leave in uh, reviews of the program, those play especially iTunes. Uh, that doesn't hurt. If you like the show, you know what? We get negative ones too. If you don't like it, those are also fun to read. So if you just, you, you're so annoyed at me uh, interrupting people, uh, you're annoyed at uh, us agreeing with people too much, write that up. Give us one star. I don't care. No such thing as bad press. We like to, like John and I, we like to send the text back and forth like, hey, listen to this, look at this chump. <laughs> We're still making them. Too bad.
0: You hate it. We're uh, still
2: we're still talking about it. Go nuts. But if you like it, we like it that much more, so write about that instead. But if you hate it, eh, whatever. God be with you. Have fun. <laughs> anyway.
1: You're like you're like Johnny Resentment Seed. You're just <laughs> traveling the nation and just making sure people resent Well us if they don't it. like it, they're not listening this deep into it anyway, so they're
2: fine. So we're fine. Alright. And it amuses <laughs> the folks who uh, who don't hate us as much. Alright, well that's the show for this time around. <laughs> Uh, thank you for yeah, listening. Yeah, thank
3: you, guys.
1: Well, thank you, Well, Thank you, John, and
2: uh, I'm RJ. And we'll uh, talk to you next time. And goodbye, John. I'm RJ. John.
1: Uh, and you're Sir John Morris. Bienvenido.
0: <laughs> there you go. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. <laughs>
0: Oh, listen, just one more thing. Uh, I have insurance. I have insurance I pay for everything. Does anybody speak English? Speak English? You speak English? You speak English? ¿Cómo te sientes, mi amor?
3: Agua, por favor. Los niños no están? Acúmate por ti mismo, mi amor.
0: Por favor. Acúmate por ti mismo. En la espalda. Señor, ¿y mi dinero? ¿Mi dinero? ¿Y ¿Y dinero? el dinero? ¿Y con qué voy a pagar yo al doctor?
1: ¿Tengo ¿Tengo
0: señor, ¿Y con ese? Señor. ¿Qué dice, señor? ¿Qué dice? ¿Qué dice, señor? ¿Qué dice? He hurt, he, he hurt his head. broke the neck. He broke the neck. He broke the neck. We were going ten miles an hour. Sí, we yeah. todo Tell him. Tell him. We were going five miles an hour. Five. Chihuahua. No. 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 So you identification. Yeah. Identification. Yes. Oiga. ¿Quién dice? ¿Quién dice? ¿Quién dice? ¿Quién dice? ¿Quién